This episode first aired on Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection. Hello, I'm Shanira, and welcome to the Chini Chronicles on Radio DePaul, your one stop for pop culture on college radio. Hello, you're listening to Radio DePaul, Chicago's College Connection. This is the Chini Chronicles, and I'm Shanir Ebay. So today I'm going to be talking about uh, the first three seasons of Euphoria. And um, I got my opinions here. Uh, barely made it in time. But um, yes, yeah, so I got my opinions on... Um, the first three episodes of Euphoria, and I'm gonna give a spoiler warning. So if you have not watched any of the three episodes of Euphoria, this is your spoiler warning. Okay. So, all right. So first things first, we're going to talk about Rue. Okay. We're gonna talk about how this girl pretty much relapsed, and we all know that she's a drug addict and she's still doing drugs, right? But now, not only is she doing drugs, she's also selling drugs. She is moving weight now, okay? So, she has... So, she has a, this master plan where, like, because she uh, met this drug dealer and it was a scene with Fez and his little brother and whatnot and Fez's friend and the friend's girlfriend and whatnot. Which, the first is friends as a girlfriend. I think everybody thought it was going to be like a one-time thing, but she's become a comic relief. So that was a surprising thing. But anyway, so we all met the drunk dealer then, but everybody should naked or whatever. And then she went to Fez uh, with the idea first. But um, basically he said, hell the no. Okay. So, because Fez didn't really uh, buy into the idea, what she did was go to this drug dealer that they had met earlier in the episode. And it was it was some good a uh, good plan, where um, Rue would like give the drugs to her friends, and her friends would sell it, and then her friends. Um, she her friends would give Rue the money, and like the drug dealer would get pro. It was a decent plan, and um, Rue ended up getting the $10,000 worth of drugs, but now it's just like she has this whole suitcase worth of drugs. $10,000 worth of drugs in the suitcase. And it was crazy. She ended up going to an NA meeting with that suitcase full of drugs. She brought that suitcase full of drugs home, walked right past her mom, who was bragging to the phone, oh, Rue's doing so good. What is going on, Rue? Like, you you relapse, you're doing drugs, now you try to sell drugs too? And what is the true intent? Because apparently Rue wants to get her hands on more drugs because she ran out. So is she going to deal with these drugs, $10,000 of the drugs all by herself, and then not turn up with the profit to said drug dealer? Is she actually going to sell these drugs and then pocket the profit to herself? 
Or is she actually going to get the profit of the drug dealer? I don't know if Ruiz thought this through. Like, you got $10,000 worth of drugs in this whole suitcase full of them because you ran out of the drugs that you had. I, I don't understand. I, 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 Rue is something different. She is something she is something else when it comes to this drug thing. And then what and what she said to Allie, I just remember this, what she said to Allie was completely out of line. Like, this man is calling you on your stuff and you got mad. Typical drug dealer stuff. Typical typical drug user stuff. They lie, manipulate and whatnot. So I'm not even surprised. I'm not even surprised at that, but it's just like crazy. That man has been by your side, but 100% honest. You're going to regret that. She's going to regret that, okay? Now, next topic of conversation has to be Cassie. It has to be Cassie. Like, why, why is she messing around with Nate, who happens to be Maddie's ex, her best friend? Why is she like? Why does she think she's special when it comes to Nate? Nate is and forever will be for the toxic drama. Talk about oh, Maddie's gonna kill you, just amping it up. But she, I just, I just think Cassie needs to be single, and she needs to be okay with being single. I just don't understand why she's just so hung up on like being with somebody, especially her friend's ex. And it's just like, she's going to be kikiing with Maddie while Maddie's babysitting her her little friend or, or for, um, you know, who she's babysitting for. Going to kiki with your best friend as you're sleeping with her ex. How does that make sense? Okay. Then another speaking of Cassie being single, well, McKay, he was only in the first episode for like 10 minutes talking about talking to Cassie about their breakup and then he's like gone so I guess he's just irrelevant now because he's in college and he's not dating Cassie anymore is he gonna come back who knows who knows um <laughs> I don't think I'm trying to go through this fast because it's a lot but um one of the most satisfi- satisfying things has to be when both Cal and Nate got their Faces beat, okay? Cal got his dome beat in. I, I was I was so happy, to be quite honest. Because that's, that's what those two deserved, okay? We're going to talk about those two later, but um, we're going to spend like the whole second half of the episode talking about Nate and Cal. But um, yeah, I guess I just really feel like they deserve the beating that they got. Especially with, like, all the weird stuff that they're doing. Yes. Um, I'm kind of, like, talking really fast. But, um, another thing that, like, I kind of found concerning has to be, you know, it definitely has to be, um, Kat's character. And I just don't want it to be the fat girl who dislikes herself or becomes insecure. And I just really would hate for that to happen. 
I, I, that's what I'm starting to feel like with some of these characters where like they're just going in a direction that's gonna be like a typical trope and I feel like I just really do not want the show to drop the ball when it comes to certain um, topics or certain like things I just really like the first season they're pretty decent I just don't want the second season to like drop the ball on certain things so I so I managed to fit in several storylines within 10 minutes <laughs> I don't know if any of it made sense but um second half of the episode is going to be about Cal and Nate gotta take 10-15 minutes to just themselves but um I'm gonna play right now I'm playing gonna play this song called um called Bless by Shensia and Tyga um Apparently this is a clean version, so um yeah, so that's what I'm gonna do. Bless. When we come back from the break, gonna talk about Nate and Cal. Okay, so that so welcome back to Rita Paul, the Shinny Chronicles, I'm Shinary eBay, and that was Shensia Bless of uh, Future and Tiger. So back to what I was talking about. Um so yeah, I mentioned Nate and Cal. So Cal is uh, Nate's father, so father and son. And like I said before the break, I was completely ecstatic when Nate got beat up by Fitz. And I don't want to be like that violent person. Of course, I don't condone violence. We don't condone violence on this Catholic late night radio. Okay, we, we are holy over here. But... I am about people getting what they deserve. And Nate completely deserved that because he's so toxic. Okay. His relationship with Maddie last season was super toxic. Became low-key abusive. It's so weird. And he's kind of narcissistic. His life kind of surrounds himself. But he gets that. It's like father, like son. So, um... So it's kind of interesting later in the, like, it, it, it's kind of interesting how Nate sort of so, circled back and pretty much, he essentially insinuated that the reason that he got beat up by Fez was because of Cal and what Cal was doing. So if you, if you know from the first season, if you watch the first season, uh, Cal was pretty much having sex with men, women, and teenagers. Okay, he ended up sleeping with Jules, which was which is Rue's girlfriend and friend or whatever. So Jules is in high school, seventeen, I think, sixteen, seventeen, however old. And Cal, who was pushing fifty, was he had sex with Jules. Jules was one of the people he had sex with. So I'm pretty sure there there were various people. Because it it was an ongoing theme throughout the season where Cal would go to this hotel room and he would meet up with somebody and he would have sex with them. And I feel like a lot of those people were underage, one of them being Jules. And Cal's dumb self would record himself having sex with these people. And he has them in this office. So he has pretty much this whole library of his own film library 
of himself having sex with several people in a hotel room, a lot of those people have happen the kid talk. A lot of those people have happen to be teenagers. And so it's just like not only is he he's also married. He's still married. So he's married, having sex with men, women and teenagers. So there there's something with his sexuality there, which the the episode gets into. And He's having sex with teenagers. So, cheating, questioning his sexuality, not, not questioning his sexuality, but having an eternal struggle with his sexuality and then just being a pedophile because <laughs> he's, he's having sex with pretty much kids, high school kids who, who are even 18, can't even go to the military, can't even have a, can't even have a shot of alcohol. Like, that, that, that is rule of thumb, okay? If the person that you are dealing with or dating or having sex with, if they can't even go to the military, can't even legally sign themselves up for, for the military, what are you doing? <laughs> if they can't even take a shot of alcohol, what are you doing? What are you doing? A person 16 in high school. What do they know about life that they need to... You're pushing 50. What do you find attractive about them anyway? Anyways, anyways. So that's that's something different. Um, so in this episode, what they did was they showed... They had shown Cal when he was in high school. And he had this best friend. And they were super close. Okay. And it, it was became clear that they were so close that Cal was pretty much questioning his sexuality. You, you, you knew that it was deeper than a friendship for him. So I feel like, but then, instead of like exploring what that could be, we just see him hooking up with so many girls. This, this is Cal in high school. So um, he was just hooking up with a girl after girl after girl, and having all these things with girls, and it's obviously just to cover up the fact that he may have deeper feelings for his best friend. But when they graduate, when him and his friend finally graduate from high school, his friend was like, yo, let's go celebrate, you know, before we go to college or whatever. So they ended up going to a bar together, and it was raining outside or whatever, and they ended up dancing and kissing and making out. So that, I guess that, that was kind of like the point where it sort of solidified for him. Like, yeah, I may I may dabble on that side. But that all came crashing down when the next morning he gets a call from the girl that he was sleeping with at the time. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm pregnant. It's yours. So... That's where, like, it all came crashing down. And so I guess I'm assuming that that girl that he got pregnant is his wife now, obviously. That's kind of, like, where he is now. His wife and kids where... Where he's pushing 50. And this, this also explains sort of where Cal is now. Or, like, he is mentally stuck in that space of high school. 
and he has never left it, probably because he wasn't able to fully explore what that was. Not excusing it, just explaining, not condoning it, but we gotta understand why Cal is the way he is. He is probably still mentally stuck in high school, hence him having sex with both men and women as he's married. Maybe he doesn't actually love his wife. That, that's clearly he doesn't truly love his wife. He loves his best friend, but he couldn't explore that because he got this girl pregnant. And and during, I guess the times that he grew up, in high school, abortion wasn't that wasn't as widely acceptable as it is now. You know societal pressures, pressures. So he's like, okay, you knocked up a girl, and now you kind of have to get married to her. You know, that old school, you know, thinking, like, okay, you knocked the girl up, now you gotta get married to her. That's kind of what happened. Now he's stuck in a place that he's not really happy, and he wasn't able to fully explore his sexuality. Now he's kind of, like, stuck. Like I said, he's mentally stuck in a place where he's 17, 18 years old, finally coming to terms or started to come to terms that he may be bi or he may be gay or whatever. But he wasn't able to fully explore because next morning, 12 hours later, you got a girl pregnant and now you got to settle down with this person that you don't really fully love. That you're just using as a cover. So now, so now, I gotta have to like say that like that can be problematic because that type of trope where, you know, gay men can be inherently dangerous because they don't fully understand themselves or they don't fully understand their sexuality. And uh, that can be harmful because not every, like there, there are gay men out there who understand who they are and they're completely okay. You know what I mean? Not every single gay person is confused. And not, every sing not every single um, queer person is going to be violent. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I don't, I just don't want to show to like push a certain trope that's like harmful. There's a lot of queer people out there who are very secure in who they are and understand who they are and not violent. We all, we all know what this trope is. And it's kind of funny that like, like I mentioned before, that I didn't really finish this thought. Like I mentioned before, Nate had pretty much circled back to Cal because they had this whole confrontation where Nate was like, yeah, I know that she had sex with Jules in his own video. And pretty much Nate, what Nate said was like, yeah, I know you had sex with Jules. I, I saw the video and that's why Fez beat me up. So, so that's what led to Cal getting beat up and knocked in the head because he went to the gas station where Fez worked and his little brother Ashtray beat him up. So that's how that, that whole thing happened. So it's just quite interesting how like the cycle hasn't broken yet. The, the toxicity, I said that word right, the toxicity was passed down. Okay. So I just, just wanna like, I just don't want, I just don't want Sam Levinson to drop the ball on this. Don't, don't lean into the um, toxic stereotypes of um, the marginalized. Um, 
also one last thing. Oh, I forgot to mention the biggest um, controversy is the nudity. Okay, the amount of pen fifteens and eight thousand eights <laughs> that I've seen is quite it's quite jarring. I got one minute left. Okay, I got a couple minutes left. Um, so yeah, I don't really enjoy the nudity in this season. Um, last season it was done sparingly. And it wasn't done as hectic. Um, but I feel like in these first three episodes, there's been more nudity than in the whole entire first season. And it's just like, I shouldn't have to see a man's thing just because he walked across the living room or because he's taking a dump on the toilet. I, that, that does not, I just don't feel like that kind of, I don't think that, properly adds to the story now i don't want to sound like a prude and sound like a person who like no nudity is bad i just you, you just gotta do things within taste not, not within taste but like you just gotta do stuff that just makes sense so you can't just do things to just to do things and i just feel like which is we're just seeing a lot of a lot of a lot of boobs and a lot of and it's just like it's just unnecessary, and it doesn't do anything. And it is to add on, on top of it, this is supposed to be a show about high schoolers. No younger than fourteen, no no older than eighteen. Fourteen to eighteen. Why are we so focused on like these graphic sex scenes and these this every 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 other ten minutes we're seeing someone's boobs or we're seeing uh, someone's thing. Like, I, I just feel like it's just too much. And it's, I feel like there's too much of a focus. You know what I mean? Not not saying that, like, high schoolers aren't having sex. Obviously, high schoolers are having sex. But it should not be such a focus. Now it's getting to the point where I'm uncomfortable. It, 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 yeah, it's getting uncomfortable and kind of, like, it's becoming annoying, actually. Because it's just like, I'm, I'm falling along with the plot. And then next thing I know, I sink someone's boobs. Next thing I know, somebody's walking through the living room and their thing is hanging out. And it's just like, it's just so distracting and it doesn't make sense half of the time. It's just, and that's also what I mean when I come, when I say, um, Sam Levinson, I don't want him to drop the ball when it comes to this stuff. Because I just feel like sometimes it's just too much and it's distracting and it's like, doesn't make sense. But yes, that is, um, basically, those are the first three episodes of this season of Euphoria. Um, please less nudity. Um, don't want the, um, toxic stereotypes of the marginalized to be such a focus, you know. So just make sure we we are doing our due diligence and like not focusing so much on stuff that don't make sense if you know if you know what I mean. But yes, I. But other than that, I've enjoyed the show. I love the show. Just a few little things that may be seen as unnecessary. 
That was this episode of The Chinny Chronicles. If you miss an episode, head to Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts to listen. Also head to anchor.fm slash Chinny Chronicles to listen there too. Thanks for listening, stop procrastinating, and good night. Bye.